Hello and welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is your host, Fortuan, joined by co-host Sasha. How are we doing tonight? A lot better than I was last week. I can talk. I'm healthy. How are you? Mm -hmm. I'm not as healthy. Have a sore throat. Uh, still dealing with the tooth pain. Um, it got like real, the pat before two days ago, no pain at all. I had a whole week and a half off with no pain. Um, then I stopped taking Advil and then it started up again. So I'm back to taking Advil and, uh, now at times maximum strength or <laughs> <laughs> have you have you tried the pineapple thing? I haven't yet. No, you gotta try the it. pineapple juice, natural anti-inflammatory. Okay, I will. I uh, so um, we have no A's tonight. Um, he he uh he, he did say that last week, and I forgot. Um, but yeah, so no A's tonight, and uh, no Morg because Morg is no longer going to be with us. His life is too busy and he couldn't uh keep up you know with what we're doing so uh hopefully uh we'll find someone to replace him in the near future um working on that we'll see we'll see what comes of it uh but in the meantime it's just going to be um sasha and i tonight and we're going to be talking about uh kind of what we've been doing lately because it's been two weeks since you've been on sasha Yes. Yes, it has. Because you you had your husband's birthday, and then you had then the, a, a sickness. The plague. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you you've been watching a lot of stuff. I've been watching a lot of stuff. I've not been gaming as much, and we'll get into that. And so, yeah. So, uh, you said A one studios. A A two four A twenty four. I don't know. I feel oh like it's A24, yeah, A, they're a horror right? studio, aren't they? Yes, A24? I mean primarily, but I feel like okay. they've got. It's more of just like independent films. Sure. Um, I got a Showtime seven day trial when I was sick, and that carried mm. into I paid for the whole month. But they've got a full catalog of A24 movies on there. So that's okay. mostly what I did when I was trying to stay away from my toddler because I did not want to give her the sickness. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched my that. Daughter, and... My daughter had a fever and stuff last weekend. So, so that and, might uh, be what caught up to me right now. Yep. Yep. So, thankfully... It worked. I we put we pulled the old baby gate out and blocked off like entrance to the bedroom. So the furthest that she could get to me was like ten feet away. Like, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Standing out there like a horror movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I did that. I watched a ton of those. Um, I also started watching The Last of Us, and I'm hmm. obsessed with it. So oh, really? I, I, have you played I, the games? No, I haven't. No, okay. No, I. Yeah, they would be. They would be PlayStation. You're they, right. I have them. I have always had them because my husband plays PlayStation. I've just never. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never played it. So, so I don't want to spoil anything for you, just in case yeah, the show follows follows the games. However, they do and I they will don't. Say, from what I've been reading. Well, this would be a pretty broad stroke. 
like this is like we're talking like the ending of the game. I'm not going to say what it is, but what what I am going to say is um, it is one of the few times in which um, the ex-wife and I had a full, meaningful conversation after finishing a game on what we thought the ending was and meant and that kind of stuff. It was like a week of us constantly talking about it. Like, what would you do? What would you have done? Like, like, what are the implications for that? Like, like it's such a good, like thought provoking ending to that game. Uh, that it was just like, Holy cow. Like I did not expect that to go the way it did. So I hope that the show kind of has that same impact that the first game did. Um, so I'm not as big of a fan. To. Yeah, and I'm not as big as a fan of the, that series as Ace is. Ace props that series up all the time. So I'm bet I bet he's ecstatic that you've been watching that. Um, I I know I was kind of saving this because I wanted to talk to him about it. Like, hey, I'm like really I can't wait to watch the next episode tomorrow. It is. Oh, it's so good. Uh, from what I've mm-hmm. read though so far. Um, I think like the main themes, everything has been consistent with the game. They left out some element from the game that I guess was going to not translate very well to film. Um, oh, I, don't know what I it think is. I, I think I heard what it is. I think they took away not not necessarily the zombies, but the fact that it was the fungus that did it. So it is still fungus. Um, okay. They added something to the show. The very first scene is like something, a clip from like the 50s, and it's some scientists explaining cordyceps and how it affects the animal that it infects. It infects, infests their entire body. That's um, why I keep saying people talking about cordyceps all the time now. Yeah. I mean, I always knew they were a thing, but like, why are they all over my YouTube feed now? Like, I. <laughs> so it, right. it is. It is probably the scariest part of the show is that scene because he explains very convincingly how evolution and, you know, human, human, uh, thinking ego ego is going to be the reason why, um, something like that might spread. So like it might evolve, um, because of global warming, um, naturally increasing the temperature of the whole world. So mm-hmm. the cordyceps to survive would have to be able to withstand increasingly higher temperatures, which then mutations of that might be able to stay alive inside of a human. Hmm. And then with the human ego comes in is that, you know, we look at how we handled COVID. Yeah, I was going to say how we won't quarantine, how we won't listen to people, how we won't band together in certain times. Like, yeah. 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 So um, it explains in the first five minutes of the show how it happens. And then it goes pretty, pretty intensely along with, I guess, whatever the opening scenes are in the game with like the first day of Mm. First day of the outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which was really upsetting. I'm like, man, this is a downer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Losing most of the human population probably would be. Well, like, the part with his daughter, like, he's... He 
mm-hmm. gets away from all the chaos in the downtown area and you think he's going to get away and then they get shot just by the military. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's what all zombie and apocalypse things are about is humans are the real monsters. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. As much as I am tired of that rhetoric, yes, it, it's there. <laughs> that's what it is, though. So. Yeah. But episode three, they give characters like a full rich backstory that I do not think is part of the game. Oh, but it is uh, a really beautiful episode of television. Okay. All right. Um, so I watched for the first time last night, 21 jump street, the one with, uh, Channing Tatum and uh and Jonah oh, Hill. Jonah Hill, yeah. Um funny movie, problematic as hell. Holy cow. I feel like I watched that when it came out, which was a long time ago, and the only thing that's really sticking in my head is Jonah Hill dressed like a My Chemical Romance fan. Oh, in um, in his flat, the flashback when he yeah. was in actually yeah, yeah, in high yeah. school, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was not me. Uh, believe it or not, I am dressed almost exactly how I did in high school. Uh, gaming t-shirts. Yeah, I always tried to have like a sweater vet, like sweater jacket thing. And I was wearing jeans or shorts. Like if I could, well, we weren't allowed to wear shorts, but so jeans. So, like, it's just, I am not any different. Um, may, I have more facial hair than I did. That's that's it. Uh, but, <laughs> and my hair was longer. There was a period where I actually had shoulder length hair. But, I mean, I definitely had, like, you know, the emo bangs. But Oh, sure. <laughs> um, so I, I watched that movie, and uh, I've, I've never seen it. And is it Ice Cube? Yeah, Ice Cube, who plays their lieutenant or captain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he made this thing of, like, don't sleep with the teachers, don't sleep with the students, like this big thing. And there's this whole romance with him and this high school girl. And I'm like, this is so problematic. Like, he's just, like, getting so wrapped up in this high school girl liking him because he didn't have that in high school. So- and I was like... I was like, oh my gosh, he's like 10 years older than her. That's basically like, the Never Been Kissed. Have you seen that? I mean, it's a yes, rom-com. Yes, I have. But it's yes, the same I have. movie. I, and, and you know what? Most of the time, I'm like, whatever. That was that was the 90s. That No one cared about that. And then I was just like, I'm sitting there looking at like Jonah Hill doing this, and I'm like, no, man. Now, he does pull it off like she... She pulls him in and kisses him, and he's like, hey, uh, good friend, I'm sure you're going to find a good guy, and takes that. Like, he he does it well, but, like, the whole, like, he was really into her stuff, I was just like, oh, my gosh. So, was... now, which is more problematic? Mm. That relationship or the English teacher in, in Never Been Kissed? Because that felt like he... He thought she was a high schooler. He did. He's grooming her. Yeah. Well, okay. So so here's here's the way I remember. Because it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. 
the way I un- interpreted that, at least as a kid, was that he could tell on some level that, that she wasn't a kid, but he couldn't explain it. And then when it was explained, he was like, oh, I'm safe. Oh, God. Yeah. Like that, say, that, that would sounds be- a lot like a grown man's argument for sleeping with a high schooler. She's, you know, she's like an adult. I can't explain it, but. <laughs> yes. Know. And I. I, I, and yeah, and that's why such things are problematic. Like, now, um, have you ever seen the show Lie to Me? No, no. Uh, I don't remember his name. He's uh, he's been in a couple things. The only other thing I can remember he was in is one of the one of the um, Incredible Hulk movies. I I think I know what you're talking about. So I think I've seen like the first episode of Lie to Me, and I never got into it because it was around out when like House was out, right? Right. Yes. So so you have House and you have Lie to Me, and I, I think most people like House more than Lie to Me um, because he's a little bit more of a flawed character. But I watched all of Lie to Me. I really liked it. And there's this episode, a really good episode, where this guy, uh, he's a, I think he's a basketball star is accused of uh, statutory rape uh, and they're they contract the lie to me people to see if he actually is attracted to minors right to for the for the prosecution or whatever and they have this really good test and it was a good you know like it was a good um, barometer of it being like a now socially, we understand underage people are not okay, off limits. You know, there's an age range. Like me being single and dating, I don't like to go under 30 at this point. Me being 35 now, like I don't like to go under 30. Now, you know, I, I haven't been on a date in like a, it's almost a year now. So, <laughs> so like, you know, it's not like I'm trying very hard, but like, um, in this episode, they showed uh, one of the experiments they showed is they showed this guy uh, pictures of uh, they would have a picture of a woman and they would have her age at the bottom. Right. And they would ask him, do you find this person attractive? Right. And he would say yes or no. Pretty simple test. Right. And anyone that was underage, he said no. Right. Obviously, because. Duh. Why would you say that to the people you're being like, accused, first of all? But second of all, they were also monitoring, you know, some of his brainwaves to see if he was actually, you know, attracted or whatnot. So they were actually, you know, testing his own reaction versus him lying, too. And um, the thing they didn't tell him is that the ages were on purpose wrong. And there are some that are the right age. They were ones that were older, that were labeled as younger and younger labeled as older and yada, yada. And he basically, uh, it was basically, uh, pr- you know, proven in this show. And I could see why, obviously this isn't real life. It was a show, but it does have a good point to say that it is a social construct. And if you're unaware of someone's age, it is very hard to, you can still find them attractive if you think they're older than they are. For sure. You- yeah. But, uh, I think in the context of, I'm your English of, teacher. I'm your AP English teacher. No, that's wrong. Yeah, you're right. That's, <laughs> I think, uh... that's, that's wrong. Now, we as an audience know the disconnect there, so it's kind of easy for us to sort of forgive that as an audience. But, like, if you think about it in context of what you're actually seeing, yeah, it's it's problematic. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah. this, uh, so 21 Jump Street kind of skirted that line for me, or I was just like, ooh, this feels really, really awkward. Like, really? But it was kind of funny to see uh, uh, Channing Tatum's character, who was sort of like the big popular bully in high school, get along with the ner- nerds and stuff. Uh, that was like really fun because it's just, so there was good parts of the show, but there was other parts that I was just like, what the heck? Like, it wasn't near as funny as people told me it was, to be honest. Like, I, I you know, I heard people say it was like some of the funniest stuff they saw. So I was like, nah, no. See, that's still stuff like, like uh, Tucker and Dale and Tropic Thunder for me. <laughs> oh, man. Tropic Thunder is classic. I love Tropic yeah. Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, uh, is there anything else that you watch that you'd like to talk oh, about? Oh, man. I mean, I watched, I watched a ton. So, I'm currently... I'm on the Mia Goth bandwagon, like, big time. I am... Um, uh-huh. I watched X, and I watched Pearl. Okay. And... They were they were so good. I, I don't they were not my favorite horror films of like twenty twenty three twenty twenty two, I will say that. They still were not mm-hmm. my favorite, but Mia Goth is excellent. So X is the one where they're shooting the porno in the farmhouse and the elderly couple attacks them. Oh, didn't hear about this. Okay, but mm. um and Mia Goth plays like the final girl, but she also plays the elderly woman mm. who's attacking them. And her name is Pearl. And Pearl is a prequel when Pearl was young and kind of how Pearl becomes unhinged. Or I guess she already was. And then like, you know, the point Fosters of no return. It. Yeah. Right. For her. And I, I'm like, so deep into it i think i want to be pearl for halloween i okay mia goth also has like blonde eyebrows which you know like very clearly i have fake eyebrows um my eyebrows are thick but they're blonde they're really really light and i'm like man but could i just pull it off could i just do the blonde eyebrow thing just like mia goth (laughs) like i'm (laughs) i can't stop thinking about it but it Pearl was a really, really good movie. Um, I will say mm-hmm. it's billed as horror. I don't really think it's horror. I think it's more dramatic than anything. Sure. Um, but there's going to be a third in the series called Maxine. And it's going to be after X. The final mm-hmm. girl. Uh, I think it's going to be the final girl from X starring in the third. So Okay. I am really excited about that, but I did like X more than Pearl. X felt okay. very much like a love letter to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, minus like the cannibalism, but the like setting, the way that it, you know, like the farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. You really, this whole place is a bad place kind of feeling. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. So can't recommend those enough. Definitely not anything to watch with uh, small children, though. <laughs> probably, probably not. No. Um, what is the new horror movie where it has like the robotic doll? Megan. Megan. 
So I have Megan now. I haven't watched it yet, but I okay. own it. So it was on sale on Vudu, and I am. I heard it was crazy hilarious, uh, and also scary. So I was like, okay, I guess I will. I will dip my toes into some horror, and and uh, watch that. So haven't watched it yet, but I will. I'm probably not going to do it while the kids are here, just in case they walk in or something. Yeah, it might scare them, uh, just with the whole doll aspect. Yeah. Yeah, right now, Emery is afraid of me cracking my knuckles, if I do, because she saw someone do this double-jointed thing where they touch their, their thumb to their forearm, and it grossed her out and freaked her out, so, like, she, like, cannot stand anything close to it now. Oh, and man. So we have a little bit of dis- double jointedness in our family. So like my thumb can do that naturally. And she's like freaking out. And I was like, no, 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 that's normal. See, look, just do it. And she's like, oh, I can do it. And I was like, yeah. But then like I did this and it pops my knuckle. And she was like, <gasps> no, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, come on, kid. It was just, I didn't even do that on purpose. Like, yeah. <laughs> So oh, I, I'm like a habitual knuckle cracker. I just do it without even thinking about it. So I do it as, especially when I'm driving. Like it's just yeah, me too. Me. I stop at a stoplight and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, for for me, like uh, you know, like I, I talked about it last week on the show. But I was actually hoping you would would have been there for the show because I was happy to announce I got the house. So I was like, because I, I knew the Tuesday before. Um, so I did. I waited to specifically tell you guys until I was on the show. And then, you know, I said it in the chat afterwards. So I was like, well, Sasha wasn't there. So I'll just say it in the chat. And uh, so, I, you know, I've been doing a lot of house stuff. So instead of like playing a lot of games, I actually caught up on all of the backlog of YouTube I hadn't like I have a, a big backlog of two YouTubers that I watched regularly and I hadn't I caught up with all of the um the horror virgin and romancing the pod and everything like I I have been catching up on horror virgin because I I did watch quite a few movies that were in my horror virgin backlog um, mm. like I watched teeth oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've known about teeth for a long time, and that was that was a never going to watch thing. Like, uh, I think when Paige said that it was it was a horror version of Saved, that was spot on. Is exactly what that movie was. Oh, jeez. It was gross, um, though. It was gross. Yeah, no. I like my dad used to make jokes about that movie, so. Cause it's like a '90s movie, isn't it? Like it's it's pretty it's, old. I feel like it gave the impression it was like on that 2000s cusp. Okay. Like, sure. uh, oh, what's the Ginger Snaps? It felt a lot like Ginger Snaps. Sure. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh gosh, I can't. I can't even remember all the things I watched because I, you know, like I said, I've, I've been watching more than gaming, although. I did finish uh, Live Alive, and uh, I say finish as in I didn't really beat it. I unlocked the secret final boss, and then I lost to it, 
And then I looked at it because it's a it's a JRPG, right? So you got to level up and grind and stuff. And I looked at what happened, and I was like, I expect I'd have to get like seven or eight more levels. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to do it. I saw the story. I'm okay with the bad ending. Like, like I just did not want to grind. Like, that's been the kind of the energy I had. Like, I just sort of, like, muscled through and finished the game. Now, I will say it was a very interesting game because... Have I talked about this on the show with you yet? Live Alive? So. so it's a it's a game of vignettes. So you have uh seven chapters, and each chapter is a different period in time. So you have prehistory. Uh most of these are Japan focused, but not all of them. Um so you have prehistory, you have end of the Edo period, as I think is what it's called. So essentially the uh, the different warlords of Japan who are warring over Japan before the, you know, not before there was emperor, but there was an emperor and he wasn't as much power or something. I don't, I don't know. You play as a ninja. Uh, you have the imperial age of China. You play as a uh, master of karate. who wants to pass down his karate. Then there's a present day Japan who wants to become a the world's greatest fighter so it and it's all like all sort of weird because it's all controls in this sort of tactics rpg a very simple version of that kind of game um very small stories uh i think the longest one was three hours so you just play these chapters of different periods of time and it's a little concise story it was really cool uh, the prehistory one, which is something that I fall for because, you know, caveman, dinosaurs, all that kind of stuff. I love it. Um, but also, same with Primal. You can't speak. They don't speak English. So it's just a bunch of grunts. And they had talk, talk bubbles. And the talk bubble would just be a picture of what they wanted to say. So, like, like, like talking about someone. Yeah, kind of. And... There was one line of dialogue and it cracked me up because it's the end of the game, the end of that, ch that chapter. Basically that one was a love story between him and a cave woman from another tribe who got to him and, and then she pulled him into the cave and you know, they did things and his only line of dialogue was I, 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 E as he climaxes. I was like, holy cow, this game's rated E like, <laughs> like uh, they actually, it was rated E in Japan back in the day, but they re-rated it as teen. And it was off screen. It was just dialogue. But I was like, no, that's clearly what happened. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the other one that was really cool was when you were playing the Karate Master, um, you were having, to, you were basically picking a character to move on your legacy and stuff. And based on, based on what happens, you could have all three of your disciples uh, one of them survive and be your sort of like the who passes on only to find out there's a secret set, uh, eighth chapter that takes place in the medieval area era that's in like completely like England, like sword and fantasy. And I was like, I'm in for it. And then he ends up being a bad guy. Like he like his story is a, like a straight up tragedy. So he's like, he has to fight his friend at a championship for the princess's handed marriage. And his friend was in love with her and she was in love with the friend, but you still won. So she married you. 
Um, and then she gets kidnapped by a demon who we reawoken from some other time. So you go and you try to save her from the demon. But when you get there, your friend betrays you and convinces you that the cave is collapsing and for you to run alive, fakes his death, saves the princess for himself and yada, yada. So when he gets back, he's like, we still have, he has a vision. They're like, wait, she's still alive. So he goes back to where that everything happened. He finds out that it was all a ruse. And then he has to fight the, uh, fight your best friend. And then you end up killing him in the fight. And then he's all tore up about that. And then the princess comes out and she's like, how dare you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like we loved each other. How dare you? So she stabs herself like Romeo and Juliet style kills herself. Wow. And then, and then your character is just like, I literally did everything anyone told me to do. Oh, I didn't. I also didn't tell you. Your friend tricks you into killing the king by making him look like the evil demon reawoken in the middle of the night, like an illusion. So you end up being the killing the king, also. Great. So like you've lost everything because you did everything that you were told to do, and then. He's like, you know what? This all sucks. So he turns into the Dark Lord. Like, he's just like, I accept it. I'm the Dark Lord now. And then he becomes this evil bat thing. And then, like, roll credits. And I was like, wow, that was a really different vibe from all of the other chapters, which ended on pretty positive notes. Like, I don't... Sounds like they're setting up for... That's your big bad in the next one? Yep, ninth chapter, he's the big bad, and you play as the seven people that you played. So, like, in the one in the uh, martial arts one, you're one of the disciples that lived on. Um, some of the some of the things, you don't transition characters. Uh, I think I was the only one you did. But, like, you still have all your abilities and stuff, and, like, I leveled up, and it was like, cool. So I ended up being, like, level 14 for most of the stuff at the end. Um and I did everything for the secret good ending, which I looked up because, you know, I've, I've played these games before. Obviously, there's a secret ending. Like, that's just the way these things this is are. That's how it is, yeah. So I did the requirements, and they're like, yeah, you probably want to be over level 20. And my highest, I think, was 14. And I was like, mm. sure, why not? Like, I don't feel like grinding, so let's just do it. And I went, got through, beat the boss, beat the final boss, and then it was like the secret final boss that I got to. And he, like, one-shot half the party. And I was like, well, I guess we just play and let it end. Because I am not grinding this. Like, I am just not doing it. Um, so I finished that. And then I started. And I want to say, I literally started Horizon Zero Dawn. I played it for, like, two hours. Ace is going to be I... so happy. No, he's not. Because I put it down. Oh. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Because then I started playing Forspoken, because that came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that one, too. Yeah. Um, and I'll get into those a little later when we talk about things that, the game mechanics that annoy us. Mm. Because both of them feature one of them heavily. And it's really big reason why I moved off of Horizon right on to Forspoken. So. Okay. That's good to and, know. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, and then, I, like I said, I, I started watching Blue Bloods again because I never finished it, and I'm just trying to catch up. I guess they're not stopping, so season 13 is the latest one that's out. 
And supposedly, uh, Tom Selleck said if they're doing a season 14, he's game. Like, everyone's just going to do it. So, I've got, I've got a fun go horror movie recommendation for you. Okay. It's fun, not scary. It's just, you know, like horror adjacent, I think. Um, sure. It's called Werewolves Within. Okay. And it has... Uh, Starring Sam Richardson, who is in like Detroiters, I think you should leave. Um, mostly oh, like yeah, comedy yeah. stuff. Um, he plays a forest ranger who transfers to like a pretty rural area. If he, it gives like Canada vibes, um, mm-hmm. and there is something that is attacking people in the night and there's a blizzard that rolls in the town and everybody is kind of in the town in and it's like a whodunit of who is the werewolf and yeah it's pretty fun okay it's a pretty so fun one it, it is it's called werewolves within it's okay. uh you know it's not a five out of five star movie or anything but it was really fun I enjoyed it, and it's not very scary. I, I feel like it's for you. Okay. I just picked it up. It is only $10, so why not? I liked it. I love Sam Richardson. So I'm probably slightly biased with that, but. I also watched, um, I think it's called Killing of a Sacred Deer, and it is an A24 movie, and it has Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman, and it is dark, dark, but it's really good. It's one that I, I, I was thinking about it for a couple days after that, because it is like a man what would you do he gets a real sophie's choice oh in that okay. one um hmm. he without like going too deep into the movie he does something bad and like 10 15 i think like 10 years later um somebody seeks retribution for it and he ends up having to make a choice of which one of his family members he has to kill to make whatever's going on stop and he has a wife and two kids yeah that's that's rough it is it is and everyone in that movie is just so just does such an excellent job i mean like colin farrell and nicole kimmon are both like top of their game but there's two child actors in there um well there's three actually and they all are like it's it's just so scary and then it's one of those movies that you know as a parent you're like it hits that much more oh yeah 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 because people don't understand you know, one and you know it's kind of cliche to say you don't understand to your parent, but you really yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you like, don't. Um, yeah, 
yeah, it does change your outlook on on like whose life is more important and yada yada. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, and it was uh, it was really good, and it's it is not a scary movie. It is just makes you so uncomfortable the entire time sure. you're watching it. Yeah. They, uh, the new, uh, Shyamalan movie is like that from what I hear too. Oh, the one that's got Dave Batista in it. Yeah. I the premise of that anything is about one that of, yet. so like just the trailer, it kind of has the same premise of like, they're there like Batista and his other people are there because they kidnapped this family. And I assume it's a gay family, a gay couple who have a daughter. I don't know if they're adopted or one of them's biological. Don't know. But basically they tell them one of you have to sacrifice yourself for the fate of the world. And we're not leaving till you figure it out. And that's the premise of the movie. So like if, if they don't do it, then all of the world dies is the impression, which I, I don't know if you can believe that because it's like cabin in the woods, but right. They get a choice. <laughs> yeah, but they get a choice. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I'm not a fan of a fan of Shyamalan other than signs. Have and... you seen old? No. Isn't that M. Night Shyamalan? I, f- I think is. it is. Old was one. pretty good. I-, I will say. Old okay. was really good. It does have I... a little bit of body horror element in it. Like one little bit of bo- body horror. But it's... I mean, body horror is not something that bothers me most of the time. Most of the time. I will say that my... Uh, I've, I've recommended to you the Dinosaur Knights, the book series. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a bit of body horror in there that I'm kind of on right now where I left it off that I am kind of uncomfortable with, but I, I'm kind of funny about body horror. I feel like I can handle it written a lot better than like a really well done movie. Well, this is, this is spoken cause I'm listening to it, but yeah, I can handle that though. Cause like I've, I read this one, uh, it's called The Troop by Nick Cutter. Mm-hmm. And that one is about when I picked the book up, I thought it was going to be about like a Wendigo. Because I had read like oh. a little sample on my um, on Kindle. It was like, hey, if you're interested in this, maybe you would like this. So I read like the first, you know, 10 pages. Yeah. I thought it was going to be about a Wendigo. Um, I think was Wendigos describing. are such a cool monster. I know. I so love, I was like. I, like, yes, yeah. it was going to be like in the Canadian wilderness um, is describing this guy who's like emaciated and he's so, so, so hungry. And then he goes to this diner and he eats raw meat and he's still so, so hungry. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want. It's mm-hmm. not about a Wendigo. It's about this really, really, really aggressive, like tapeworm thing. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, like okay. Parasite, parasite. Um and it's a Boy Scout troop that is on like un- goes out on a wilderness trip to get their like merit badges and their <laughs> troop leader dies like <laughs> almost immediately. And wow. yeah, 
it's really, really graphic and <laughs> oh, it's so gross. And I read it when I was getting my three hour glucose test when I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think about was how hungry I was. <laughs> oh man. So so the uh, there's this bit of uh so like like I said, there's a lot of parallels between the Dinosaur Lord series and Game of Thrones, and purposely so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the parallels to the White Walkers or the Coming Doom, right, right. is what they call the Grey Angels. Okay. And the Grey Angels are, you know, like they talk about there's a lot of to do about religion in the series, about how Paradise or Paradiso is the new land and earth is the old land and the gods uh the seven gods created paradiso and um their law is upheld by the gray angels so like when massive heretical things happen the gray angels come out and wipe the planet and then start humanity over again it's just like essentially okay um, they're so, like white walkers and dementors all in one Kind of, yeah. Well, uh, not the book doesn't really say if they're real or not uh, until the end of the first book, when you actually have two of them talking to each other in dialogue, sort of like as an epilogue. And you're like, oh, they are real. Oh, okay. So then you get to this point where I'm at in the book, and I'm trying, I, I don't know if you're going to read it or not, but like, it's not really spoilery what happens. I mean, I think, I think it's pretty clear from the beginning of the book. If the Grey Angels are r- real, they're, you know, they're going to be involved. Yeah, that's, uh, that's why I set that up. Right. Um, so one of the main characters, I would say there's, uh, there's like probably four main characters. And one of them is the deposed princess. Uh, and she is part of this. She's in this uh, town that is all about peace, like 100% like peace and love kind of thing. Right. And they are considered heretics because they're not following that. They are basically starting their new religion about, um, no fighting and that kind of stuff. Whereas the, the normal religion has a lot of like social structure stuff and, you know, fighting comes part of it there's a lot of things about class separation between royals and nobility and and peasants and stuff and this place has no class separation um so all sorts of heretical quote-unquote things going on and then uh you find out that there's a gray angel just in the town just sitting in the dude's room and so do it they, was, they, they look like everybody else? They're not... No. That's the thing. They don't. They think it's a beautiful statue, right? Oh. Like a beautiful piece of art. And then it stands up because it was kneeling down. And then it oh. stands up and her she just like freaks out and that's runs like, out. That's like the first... That's like Saw. <laughs> when you get to the end of the first Saw movie. I've never seen Saw, so... Oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, spoiler for like a fifteen-year-old movie, but it's it's fine. I don't. I never intended to watch them. Like I, I just that's the kind of horror that I don't enjoy. It was the 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 super tense stuff, and then like 
that kind of body horror. OG that saw. Can, OG saw is not doesn't have real body horror till the very like the tail very very end. But they right. wake up. The guys wake up and there's a body in the room, but he's alive. Right. He's just been pretending to be a corpse the whole time. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, so uh, it stands up. She freaks out. But we're now we're at a part where. Uh, there's a big thing because the world doesn't work quite the same as it does as Earth. Not a lot of people ever get sick in this world, right? Like, if you get, like, sick, that's a death sentence because people's immune systems are no longer They don't able know how to, to hand- handle it. Right, because no one ever gets sick, right? Like, they live in this pretty much, like, they talk about a lot that surviving in Paradiso is so much easier than it was on earth because everything's a temperate climate, like, you know, warm temperate climate. Uh, there's not a lot of cold. There's abundance of food and water everywhere. It's like you would have to try to starve to death. Like you would be like, you would have to actively just not go out and do something about it. So disease is also extremely rare. So, um, they have this like gray angel just appear in the middle of the ceremony uh, where I'm at and its skin starts sloughing off and you see it's like sickening like maggots and stuff worming around it. And I was like, sure, whatever. I don't care. And then the head woman of the church mounts the angel. And I was like, nope, I'm out. Turned off the book. <laughs> I do not want to hear that. <laughs> wow. So I think they're spreading a plague, uh, both STD and <laughs> interesting and uh, other things. And yeah, it's just like I was just like that was uh, that was happening while we were dri- like I was listening to the book while my brother and dad were in the car. And that came <laughs> up and I was just like, nope, pause that. Uh, we were heading to a work meeting too, and it's like I don't want to. I don't want to be thinking about that while we're at this work meeting. So I switched it back to music right away. Oh man! So yeah, uh, I got a chance to catch up on a lot of that stuff. Uh, I was trying to find out. There was another movie I watched that I had been putting off for a long time. Uh, Booksmart. Have you ever seen that? Booksmart. Is that the? No, it's the no. one about the two kids graduating high school that have been nerds their whole time. Is it the girls? The two girls? Yeah, the two I've girls. I've heard of that. It's it's supposed to be the girl version of Superbad, right? Kind of. Yeah. It's it's like they have to go like have a party or something because they've never partied, and it's literally like the night before graduation. Um, and they fit. It all starts because one of the girls overhears that the one of the party girls, right? got into like Yale um, or something like that. And she was like, you did not get into there. I got into there because I studied and I like, they're like, they're like president of the student council and like editors of the yearbook and all the extracurricular activities and every academic award. And this girl is like not even close. And she still got into that college. And then she's like, that's not fair. So they snap and they're like, we're going to a party. And they're like, they're nerds and don't know how to. And it's, of course, this misadventure of high school stuff. It was pretty good. It was pretty heartfelt, too, uh, at a lot of spots. Um, just, you know, like one of those like teenage sort of like figuring out life things all in one night kind of deal. Yeah, it really sounds like funny. it's uh, 
you know, can't hardly wait super bad and books. Yeah. This yeah. generation's version of it. Yep. It's pretty funny. Um, they talk about like, I, I didn't expect them to talk about like porn and stuff as much as they did in this movie, but there's this part where I don't remember. So one of them's a lesbian and they weren't like, they weren't experienced in, in, in what they would do, I guess, or whatever. So they look it up on their iPad while they're in the Uber, which by the way, the Uber is their principal. And they did like, that was an awkward moment. Uh, to begin with, because uh, he has to moonlight as an Uber because he doesn't make enough money as a principal. So that was funny. Um, yeah. And then he's like, oh, so what are you guys watching? We can put it on the uh, I can actually uh, put it up here. And he does. And he hears what's happening. And he's like, oh, so they're like, of course, mortified. And like, it was just a really funny part. It was just like, what were they watching? Like. <laughs> Like he switches it back to the radio, like or something real quick, and he was like, "I'm gonna get arrested" or something like that. <laughs> it was just really funny. Um, so I watched that, but that was like, I think it was like the day after we recorded, you know, two three weeks ago. So it's it's been a while since I saw that one. But yeah, that's all I want. That and Blue Bloods, and yeah, I've talked about Blue Bloods several times. So. I also watched um, Yellow Jackets, which is a show on Showtime, and that is... I've heard of that one. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. That's really all that I have like to say to summarize that one. I can't wait mm. for season two. Um, but, yeah, it's about high school girls that are going to their their uh, nationals they won state championship they're going to nationals and their plane crashes in the mountains mm. and they are not found for a year and a half so I, they yeah, show I did hear them this. surviving and then mm -hmm. they show them as adults mm -hmm. yeah and, how, and how, how they're handling the trauma yeah yeah, yeah. Oh boy. You know, like you hear that they survived in the wilderness for a year and a half and not everyone survives. So you're like cannibalism. I mean, come on. Yeah. Cannibalism. They ate them. Yeah. They they did. Um that's that's what they like think is the big reveal at the end of the first season is that like mm. a hint that yes, that's what they did, but I'm like, come on. We knew this. <clears throat> I'm I'm sorry. As someone, look, I'm not experienced. I've never been in a plane crash or had to survive out in the woods like that. But as someone who, as a kid, was taught like how to do some of those survival things because of being part of our tribe and Native American stuff, it's ridiculous to me that people have to resort to cannibalism <laughs> in situations like this. Not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying, like, you know, like... I, it's <sighs> especially ridiculous um, for this show because they find a cabin, like an abandoned cabin that has, like, a hatchet. Like, they find some supplies. Um, okay. They've got, like, some shelter. 
mean, obviously, it is still, like, super, super, super cold when the winter hits. But but I think that they're also trying to incorporate some type of, I don't want to say supernatural element, but there's definitely something else going on in the woods um, because the only animal that they find um, for, like, weeks is a really, really sick deer. And then they they find a bear or a bear finds them and one of the girls in their group is like psychic i think or they're implying <laughs> that she is and she just like walks up to the bear puts her hand on it out and it like just sits down and they shoot it oh because they find a gun too with like unlimited bullets so it's again like the fact that they are gonna resort to cannibalism is a little ridiculous and then the bear that they kill is healthy so mm. And you can eat bear. It's yeah. not good as far as I understand because predators don't taste good. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's better than human. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Morally so, better on, on every level, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, I really can't wait, though, for the next season because they're – people i thought didn't survive they revealed are adults and alive so mm. that i am i'm interested interesting in. yeah. okay all right um do you want to move on to our um our, our small topic tonight sure sure so S- game mechanics obviously something rubbed you the wrong way with horizon, horizon. zero dawn <laughs> yeah so Hear me out. And okay. um So sorry. There's there's a there's a, <laughs> there's a caveat to this because it's not in all situations in which it annoys me. But um I don't like and, and this is gonna come weird as being someone who likes Monster Hunter, I don't like most crafting systems in games. Okay. Um now, you haven't played Monster Hunter, so you don't know how this will hit, but you craft gear yourself from killing monster. You get scales, shells, claws. Right, like I played Warcraft. <laughs> right. You go to the armor crafter. Actually, he crafts them, but you give him the materials. But you're still, as a game mechanic, you are crafting them. Mm-hmm. You hand them the materials. They are a master craftsman. They craft you a piece of armor based on what the materials you gave them. There's a big list of materials you need. That's fine. All right. The kind of crafting that I'm talking about is I'm in an open world game or let's say any game post 2010 at this point, it feels like um, where I'm out in the world and I kill an animal or I see a bush and there's this all these little dots of collect me and keep me in your inventory collect me and keep you in keep me in your inventory it makes sense for something like fallout where you are trying to survive in a barren wasteland it makes sort of sense in horizon zero dawn because you are a survivalist who lives on your own and is learning to, humanity is surviving out in the wilds against these giant machine things 
it on a level makes sense. However, it's just fucking annoying to pick up everything all the time. Like I can't handle it. I and, agree that I think that it's the worst part of Fallout Four is the crafting. It's in my opinion, it's the worst part of many games. There are so many games that do this crafting thing. Like I, I, I can't help it because I grew up. When, when I was playing video games, what I grew up on was games that were older, arcade like and that's fine. It doesn't mean that everything has to be like that. Obviously, we have to progress. But one of those things that those games did right, and I will say the paragon of this in my brain is Doom. Classic Doom, where you have enough ammo and weapons to get through, maybe not 100% everything, but to get through. If you search, and then you find secrets and stuff to bolster whatever you can. Like, the secret will have the rocket launcher that you don't need to clear the level, but it will certainly help. Like, like that kind of mentality of a game where there are things, and if you search, there are more. What I don't like is that, did you go around and collect every little damn bush so that you have enough sticks to craft enough arrows? Now... Ace did explain this to me last week because I did complain about this a little bit uh, with him that you just collect as you go and it's usually enough and you don't have to worry about it. But my completionist brain is on fire doing that. Like I cannot. Uh, it's it's aggravating. It is so aggravating to me and I hate it in. <sighs> There's another game I played. Well, okay. So I think that's part of the reason why I can't get into the games like Fallout, like Outer Worlds, and that kind of stuff. Because I feel like I'm just having to get the supplies and deal with the inventory more than actually playing the game. Outer Worlds is a much lighter version of it. Because essentially you can carry the same gun and just continue upgrading it. Yes. So True. it feels a lot more watered down and my completionist brain can leave shit behind in the outer worlds. But like in Fallout 4, absolutely not. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I need to pick up that board game because that has nuclear material in it. And that's a hard item to come by. And I'm going to need that ingredient for this other yeah. thing that I know I want to make. Or I'm hoarding all the baseballs because I want to make nuclear grenades. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I have baseballs to do it. Yeah. So it's just, it's aggravating to me. And I can't, I can't wrap my brain around it. I, like It took me a long time to realize that that was what was aggravating me until I played Horizon Zero Dawn. Because I was like, why are you making me craft arrows? Like, this is like a, a quintessential tool. I, okay. I understand lore-wise why you're making me craft arrows. However, as a gameplay mechanic, it just takes me out of it. Because now I have to worry about, did I craft enough arrows? Okay, I didn't. So mid-fight, I ran out of arrows. Let me, while mid-fight, craft more arrows. Now it doesn't make sense because I had to craft arrows mid-fight. Like, and it just does it. That's so, like, like, it's like Oblivion. Like, hold on, let me eat this wheel of cheese. <laughs> Right. Yes. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Stop two inches from my face hitting me with that club. I'm going to sit here and eat this like seven pounds of cheese to, to heal. 
so I can survive this hit. You okay with that? You okay with that? Okay, just stay right there for 20 minutes. Like, it just, I don't, and one of the things I do like to say is I don't like realism in games because I feel it takes away from the game. However, however, the reason why the crafting is in there is for realism so that you don't have to have this cache of arrows. And I'm like, I just can't like, I can't like I it's you're, you're, you're on realism on the other spectrum of it. And I, what I would rather I see, I'd rather if you, see it with survival games. Like if that's what the point of the game is, is yes, is just survival mode. Then yes, let's do this heavy crafting. Right. And you know what? I'm okay with having recipes. You have to learn like, Oh, maybe I don't know how to do this yet. So maybe I won't have access to this kind of thing yet. Rather than mm-hmm. now that there is that right because you have to learn how to make fire arrows as part of one of the story beats and early in Horizon Zero Dawn, and I was like, cool, the recipe is fine. I'm okay learning recipes that may allow me to find other things, but I don't want to craft all the time. And I tell you what, I booted up Forspoken, same deal. I am picking up a crabgrass and leaves for potions to heal myself i am and you know what i'm not angry that it's not like auto regenerating health like that's a mechanic that used to annoy me but i mean i will take that over crafting i really will like (laughs) i think uh i think the witcher 3 does an okay job of watering down the crafting necessity but still maintaining that you need to craft some things so like right you're gonna do these these fights against whatever the the job for that one magical monster was and you're gonna get one ingredient from it and that is it so mm-hmm. you only need it that one time to make that one how i can't remember what they're called now not my brain keeps wanting to say elixir but i don't think that's right um yeah, the flasks or whatever you yes, have to... Yes, yes. So you only have to do it the one time. So you gather the ingredients the one time, and then you're good. You don't need yeah. to make it again. I can deal with that. Sure. And, and and I will say, if crafting is a thought-out and well-done part of the game, that doesn't bother me, right? Monster Hunter, you're a hunter, you build your armor and weapons out of the things you hunt. And the crafting isn't even like mid game. It's you have to do it between quests because it's a preparation phase. And that's one of the things that I like about it is in your crafting and your downtime between quests, you're not crafting on the fly. Crafting on the fly is what really gets me. And they're like, well, you have to go do it at a bench. I was like, yeah. So now I have to go craft this thing at a bench because I ran out of potions or something during a fight. Um, so yeah, that's that's number one by far is the sort of like pseudo lightweight crafting that's in. It feels like every game these days. Uh, it just, I, I can't, I can't handle it. <laughs> like it's just, I'm not there here for it. Like I think Kronos and the uh, From Software games are the only things you don't craft in. Like, and you kind of craft in the From software game, 
you'd kind of do, but it's like you upgrade your weapons at it. It's to me, that's no different than monster hunter. You're using materials to upgrade stuff but when, See, on downtime. That's kind of how outer worlds crafting is. There's not very, I, I don't really remember doing very much crafting in that game. I, I remember I having to hoard it. a I lot of it. stuff. Yeah, that's I true. didn't. I did not use uh, Pavardi. I think is her name, um, who's like your person who boosts up your crafting skill. I did mm. not use her, and I no. I I've dumped all my stuff in more of like the charisma type skills. I didn't, and I picked one weapon and charisma and sneak and. Yeah, and I will say, Plague Tale has a lot of it. I haven't. Uh, I got Plague Tale and play it at PS Five now. I have it, but I haven't started it. But the, your first Plague Tale had a lot of crafting stuff, and a lot of crafting bags to get more inventory stuff, and like, it's just I can't. I can't handle it. Like I just. So I if you want to make a, for game mm-hmm. mechanics is almost the opposite, and it's where you get so much trash inventory and it is for nothing like in mass effect. Yes. Yes. Like how much time that that is like my, my only complaint about the original mass effect game is after playing remastered is how much time I spent going in my inventory and marking it as junk to sell that. Mm hmm. And you get, yeah. I maxed out Omnigel before I even had all my party members. Like, yep. But, so I hate that. I And there's not really like any choice. You automatically just pick up trash. Like, after a fight, yeah. here's a bunch of trash. You want to unlock this thing? Here's a bunch of trash. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of games do it. A lot of yeah. games do it. Um,. Outer Worlds is like that too, though. Like almost your whole inventory is just trash. Yeah, I that's one that. of the things I I remember uh, New Vegas doing that I was like, oh come on. No, see, I'm gonna hard disagree on New Vegas because New Vegas does more of the like recipe bit. You can leave all of that trash behind. What you if like you're gonna pick up stuff that you know is gonna repair your armor. Yeah. And unless you pick survival as one of your like skills, you can ignore almost all the stuff for recipes. Like Yeah. But Fallout 4, every everything on the ground has okay, this has screws and this has nuclear material and this has aluminum and no oh, man, aluminum's really hard to come by. And mm-hmm. so you're just like, here I am. I have 27 desk fans. And <laughs> see, I, I felt that way exactly about New Vegas because now, granted, you know, I didn't get far, but I, I kept a lot of armors and extra weapons for repair costs. And see, I was like, I've played New Vegas enough that I only hoard specific trash pieces of armor or weapon because i know when you have jury rigging when you get 75 repair you get you have like the special equipment you know like let's say the the named pistol maria you could pay a shitload of money to have it repaired or when you have jury rigging you can use the regular nine millimeter pistols to repair maria see 
And I was actually going for that when I was playing it. I would repair was one of my highest yeah. skills, but I didn't get there. And that was all because there was a sub quest about repairing a robot. Um, <laughs> about repairing the sex finish. robot. <laughs> I didn't know it was a sex robot. I just knew it in was New in New Vegas. The, uh, yeah. Well, no, it well, wasn't no, in New no, Vegas. you didn't even get that far because you never made no. it to New Vegas. No, no, it looked you like were Sputnik. Gonna, you were going to repair a slim print. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it looked like Prim. Sputnik. Um, oh. it's uh, it's the floating. That's one of your, one of your followers. That's Ede, and uh-huh. yeah, it's like a little robot dog. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the one I was trying to get to enough repair to do no if you actually get into new vegas there's a um before you get into vegas in freeside there's a bar called the atomic wrangler and they're trying to get like you know sex workers and that's one of your side quests is to gather sex workers so you get um a a ghoul cowboy and um like an older gentleman, older suave gentleman, and a sex robot. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't get that far. <laughs> oh, no, you're missing out, man. <laughs> New Vegas is such a treat. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I just, it's hard for me to get into that style of game. It really is. I tried. But also, I was playing on keyboard and mouse, which didn't help. I think, I uh, think ha- having having my controller probably would help if I. Go yeah, back to I it. will say that I've because I've played, I've probably played New Vegas with a controller like six times, like six run throughs, and I've played one run through with keyboard and mouse, and I mean, it's doable, but it's just not the same. I played with Melee when I did keyboard mouse. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, we'll see. It's 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 not written well, that, off the list forever. You haven't even seen that shish kebab either. Man, that's such an awesome weapon. You get this, like, and you can make it. It's yeah. You use a lawn blade and a gasoline tank. And uh, when you pull your blade out, it's covered in fire. And you can set your mm. enemies on fire. It's so much fun. <laughs> and then Butcher Pete's playing, and you're just hacking and whacking and smacking. 10 out of 10. No notes. Okay. All right. So uh, so my other one that I was going to mention is the You're Not Ready for This Enemy Yet um, in open world games. Where they get like the big skull over their head. Yeah, so there's a way, good way to do this, and there's a bad way to do this. And I will say the bad way to do this is what I've encountered in Forspoken. Okay. Is, hi, here I am, I'm this giant zombified bear, and you can't hurt me. And despite you having all sorts of upgraded magic and stuff, arbitrarily... If you do any damage to me, which will happen, so my health bar will go down, eventually it's just going to go back up because you're not doing enough damage. Yeah. So, so like, that kind of mentality of you're not strong enough because I say you aren't strong enough 
is where you can't from software it to be like good enough that you're not getting hit that you're like right death by a thousand strikes you can't do it that way right so i and that happens a lot in open world games where they're they're trying to sort of it's an open world you can do anything and they railroad you on certain things it's just like nope can't do that don't do that yet um it's just it aggravates me and, and it happened in Forspoken. like I, there's all these really cool large animals there's like a deer that's like it looks like a megatherium. It's like a 15 foot tall deer. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to kill that 100% because everything in Forspoken is, is corrupted. Like there's no good animals. You're not killing innocent wildlife. It's all corrupted zombie shit. And you're not, you're just like trying to clear out the land anyways. So why not kill the big bad thing? Well, you can't because it won't let you and it will heal up and, and convert like conversely the dark soul series you can just go up to an enemy that's well above your level and kill it if you're good enough right that's a good example too yeah and there's a good there's a good example of this in monster hunter as well what we call um there's certain fights that that are meant to be the you're not ready for this fight and if you are if you're a skilled enough player you can take that down and you can actually get access to gear you shouldn't have yet because you That's, took it down. That is also how Witcher 3 is. You know, again, to sing its yeah. praises. I have have done several fights where I'm like, you know what? I feel like if I prep correctly for this fight and I yeah. do it in a certain way, I can do this. And I have more than once. And you get, even sometimes you get gear you can't even put on your body yet. You just got to hold on to it. Yeah. Well, and, uh, the, the Witcher 3, the only reason I have not finished that game, because I did get through the beginning part of it, is one, I really want to play one and two first. And I can't, like, one crashes all the time. So I haven't been able to. I think do it. you should give yourself the grace of just playing Witcher 2. Okay. Because Witcher 2 holds up, doesn't crash. Like, it, it's really good and it does enough of the it gives you cutscenes of everything that happens in witcher one yeah you know gives it the old friday the 13th treatment and then witcher two lays all the groundwork all the lore you learn about all the countries all their kings all their um court mages everything so that then yeah. when you go into three you don't feel like well, who the fuck are all these people yeah well, I did start three a long time ago, but that's when I was still married and I had a backseat gamer that annoyed the shit out of me. And it's really <laughs> hard to do in an open world game where it's like, I want to go explore this. And she's like, I want to go see the story. And I'm like, okay, but there's a cave there. I, and there could be loot in that cave. Or I just think, I think that the Witcher story is so complex. Like I take notes to read the books. Like I have to go back and be like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right, all right. We're talking about this is this is Vizimir and this is okay. And he should be talking to this mage this way. They're friends and Mm-hmm. Is it's a lot. So that's a series I am gonna have to revisit at some point. Um Inquisition is another one that has the option all of the dragons. Um 
there's like, I want to say there's like 10 dragon fights in Inquisition and they are all supposed to be, you are not strong enough to do this. But you can, if you are good enough, like if you're good enough, I'm going to say if you, if you're good enough and you probably need to control the mate or the, uh, the rogue in your party. Hmm. Cause they are too soft. Got you. Yeah. You need to actively dodge because the AI can't handle it. Okay. I mean, I can see how that's a problem because uh, my D and D brain says the rogue should be the easiest one against the dragon because of the evasion, but, but yeah. every dragon fight typically has mobs coming after them too. It's it with them. It's not just mm. the dragon. And so if you don't, I, you're going to have to control the rogue because they have almost no natural immunities and they're too soft. If you're playing on any difficulty above normal, like one hit and they're three quarters of their health gone. Yeah. Jeez. Let's just uh, kind of play rogue. So did you have another mechanic that annoyed you? Oh, you know, it's my, it's probably why I avoid a ton of very specific game franchises and it's platforming. Um, especially in games that it, they don't belong. Like when they force in some kind of platforming mechanic, um, okay. I hate it. I don't like platforming games. I'm not good at them. I mean, I could be good at them. I don't have the patience to be good at them. I get like only a little bit amount of time to play a game. Like I want to feel enriched. I want to feel like I'm getting something either from the story or from like quest reward. I don't want to do trial and error of the same five fucking jumps over and over and over again until I get it right. Like I can't do it. So, okay. I hate platforming. And the best example I have of platforming shoved into a game that it didn't belong is the pit DLC in fallout three. Okay. You have to, you are in the pit DLC. You are uh, captured and enslaved and put into this like iron, um, like steel iron factory, um, foundry. And, Mm -hmm. You are tasked with, for an achievement, finding all of the iron bars. And they are in some of the dumbest places. Like, I had to climb up, like, what just looked like trash in the landscape. Like, climb up it to get up on, like, a rebar, to get up on that, to jump across, to, like, Mm. get stuff way out Mm. of nowhere. And you've played Fallout New Vegas. Fallout 3 mechanics are the same. How's that jumping? <laughs> not great. Nope. Nope. It's not. Yeah, it's not meant for platforming. At no. All. It's so. meant to get over a tiny foot ankle ledge. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. So uh, I especially hate when platforming is shoved into a game that is not meant to be a platformer. Okay. Well. That's actually what what makes there's actually good sections of Doom Eternal that are, are platforming, but they actually did a lot to make the platforming easier and better in Doom Eternal. So that was actually some of the more one of the more enjoyable part enjoyable parts for some of those levels. So that's that's an interesting. I get why you don't like platforming, right? Um, someone who grew up on platformers, like 
Mario and that kind of stuff. Like they're not the same kind of platforming. 3D platforming is way different. But I get what you're saying. Like I I can deal with I will probably have more tolerance for a game like Mario or Sonic mm-hmm. because when you die, there has been checkpoints, reasonable checkpoints. Mm-hmm. So you're not like repeating the same thing so much. Um, what I don't like about 3d platforming is when you fuck up nine times out of 10, you get to rewalk that whole path to get yourself back up to the place that you messed up. And I will guarantee that I'm going to mess it up again and I'm going to feel the rage. You know, (laughs) if there was like a hard reset at the beginning of it to just try again, I could tolerate it more. Uh, a game series you want to avoid then uh, is Classic Turok. Classic Turok is notorious for terrible platforming in a 3D yeah. game. Ugh. So, yeah. I it's will what, say. Like, I want to love ha- Tomb Raider, right? I want to love Tomb Raider. Sure. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I will say. I don't know if you're paying for the Switch Online stuff or not, but I will say Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3 are on there. Those are some platforming games that are worth taking a look because number two is considered the best platformer of all time by many people. Uh, But there are not many levels where you're going to experience, I have to do this, this, this over and over again. It's very kinetic. It's very... Let's get going. Another one that's like this and very kinetic is um, Celeste. Um, now, my Celeste, husband, you are my husband played Celeste. Yeah, and that's that's that you do do a lot of try agains, but like that's more like a uh, how do I say? It's more like a repeatable skill thing rather than that. Oh crap! I should have seen that little thing that I didn't see. Like like with three D platforming, right? Like you can see what you need to do, and it's about executing it rather than it's essentially like what platform. Yeah, yeah, like like Super Meat Boy. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, in in my recommendation to to you and audience as well, if you don't enjoy platforming, I would suggest two D platforming is different, and there's some great games that are really good at platforming and if you got a nintendo switch online and you have the super snes downloaded there's three games that are super good at it so i definitely suggest two though i think two is the best and three is fun three is fun i don't like kitty kong because he's fat and slow but you know i remember playing one of those games as a kid I don't know which one it was, mm-hmm. but I like I just in my mind I I remember like the bananas like a lot mm-hmm. of bananas, um, yep. and I do remember Diddy Kong like I remember really Diddy thinking Kong, he was super cute. Diddy Kong is in all of them, but number three, so he's in the first and the second one. So I played one of those. Okay, well. I have a third one, and right. it is unrelated unrelated to anything that I've played recently. However, it is it is related to a game that has come out come out recently that I haven't played. A really, really, 
really don't like shallow love stories in a game. <laughs> I really don't. Like, Fire <laughs> Emblem Three Houses aggravated me more than anything as far as like, oh, we're suddenly married and it's fine. Because I literally just said a choice at the end of the game of which girl I was going to marry. And that that's what happened. Like, uh, I don't... Uh, it's like Skyrim, <laughs> getting married in Skyrim. It, yeah, yeah. Okay, it, cool. Like, I like your amulet. Meant, Should we get married? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it meant nothing in the context of the game. Um, like, yeah, we're supposed to get the idea. Like, so... There was this girl in Fire Emblem Three Houses called uh, in 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 the faction, and I chose Mercedes. Right, right from the beginning, like I was like, I knew you could marry someone in the game. That was something I was told uh, by other people who were fans of the series. You can get married and that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, let me think about this. Like, okay, Mercedes, I'm gonna go for that one, just because I don't know. She's the healer. Why not? She's super sweet and nice. Like, let's just do it. Do that one. So. And I, I just, I just, it's what I do nine out of ten times if there is a love interest. I just pick one and go with it. I did that with Mass Effect. I did that with, uh, with Three Houses and that stuff. Now, Mass Effect, I think, is a way to do it correctly in a way. It is not, it's complicated in Mass Effect because there's a lot of things going on. It ends up being a lot more casual than some other things because it's like, yeah, the world dies. We're, we're all doomed, so... Why not, right? Um, it is. I don't know. It's a. It's. Um, I, I. You know. I think Mass Effect handles it well, but when it's not handled well, is just awful. Just <laughs> like, why is it here? I don't like. Don't do it if you're not going to try. Is 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 the kind of deal because all it does is detract from the experience for me because now instead of doing. And one of the biggest pet peeves for me in this is like, get like, I understand that there is a love language of gift giving. However, it feels very insincere to me. And a lot of these Japanese games that do dating stuff is like, give them a gift and they'll like you more. Give them a gift and they'll like you. Like, really? I just have to give them a gift on between every quest and that's how we get married. Like, so Dragon Age has that, but if you give the wrong gifts, it offends them. And it makes their favor go down. And some gifts are really like worth anything. And some are worth a lot more. Like if you find Morrigan's grimoire. <laughs> um, that's pretty heavy compared to maybe like a little like dress or flowers or something. Right. I just. I don't remember how it worked in Dragon Age 2 that, that well. It's been a long time. But I think game. Dragon Age 2 is like one of the best examples of your romance you have to put work into the any of those romances but they're pretty nuanced if you choose to romance isabel i mean mm -hmm. you've got all that drama with the canary mm -hmm. but i am a ride or die anders fan mm -hmm. and he's a okay. terrorist <laughs> so yeah uh so which one's the pirate lady isabel Isabel. So Isabella. I did Isabella, I think is her name. Okay. It's been, it's been a bit. But. So I did romance her, but then she took it very casually after that. And I was like, you know what? Never mind. 
we're gonna go for the elf and i went for the elf and i don't meryl she's so sad and pathetic (laughs) she is she is but i went for her instead because like i don't know i didn't like how it panned out with isabella for some reason at that time so I, i went for her and it was actually it was actually really interesting because um you got to i got to learn more about the elves and their history and stuff yes. there's a lot of a lot of she's um, dalish mm-hmm. so it was actually interesting that i got to learn more about her and that kind of stuff and that actually made it worth it but like i said you know like most other games it's just like a choice at the end and a little cutscene with you and your chosen wife now i will say um Another good representation, and actually is in a Japanese RPG, was um, Triangle Strategy. And I think I talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this during the Game of the Year episode, where you're you're betrothed to this woman in the story, and there's not much you can do about it, but you can choose to grow the relationship, and it actually has meaningful dialogue with it. Like, it, there's actually stakes, like do you choose what your wife wants to do over what your friend wants to do in this situation and that kind of stuff. And um, that's, that was essentially the ending of dragon age two for me. Do I, yeah. Everyone in the party was like, you need to kill Anders. And I'm like, yeah, but like, he's my boo. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> you guys are just going to have to get over it. <laughs> so what if he blew up the mage tower? It's okay. They're mages. They're jerks anyways. Trying to control how magic works all the time. Jeez. That's what I'm saying. Yes, he's a terrorist, but also, is he wrong? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do remember that plot line. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like that... my my like real when I say like my real storyline of Dragon Age, Hawk is missing because Anders is missing. Mm. And Hawk is looking for Anders. Gaia. Yeah, I'd have to look to see what my ending was. I don't remember. I know that the, the website keeps track of your account. And when I started up Inquisition uh, the end early last year, um, it remembered what I chose in uh, well, Dragon Age 2. The run through that I stopped playing on because I'm playing on Nightmare and I can't beat the mage level. I can't beat the fade level in Inquisition. Um, I feel like it's it's like my own brain mentally blocking me from beating it because I'm going to have to choose between Alistair and Hawk. Mm. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to leave Hawk in the fade because uh, I definitely can't leave Alistair there. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> I got like a theme. Uh, like I barely have a Bioware type, and it's blondies because it's mm. Alistair, Anders, and Cullen. Oh, Cullen. Hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, I was really so when I did the uh, Mass Effect playthrough. Uh, who did I pick? I forget. Uh, well, you only have a choice between Maga, Barbie, and Liara in Mass Effect 1 if you're playing as a male. I think I went Liara. Uh, that's the only choice, obviously. 
because you want to let yes. Maga Barbie die on Vermeer. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, uh, I did Liara, and then I moved on from her to... So you got the death, you got the picture flip? The picture flip. So in Mass Effect 2. Uh-huh. In your cabin, whoever you romance in Mass Effect 1, their picture is on your desk. But if you sleep with somebody else in Mass Effect 2, Shepard puts their picture face down on the desk for the rest of the game. I didn't notice that. Okay, then I did. Yes, because what's her name? Miranda. The one No, the 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 gas mask one. Oh, Tally Zora. Tally Zora. That's who I romanced in two and Obviously. Three. Look at them hips. You can't you can't say no to that. <laughs> them hips don't lie. They um, don't. <laughs> so my other choice would have been Miranda, and not because she's a human, because the actress who plays her is the actress in Chuck, Yovana Strakovich. And Interesting. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go for that. That'd be good. But I, I can't stand Miranda as a character. Oh, boo! I'm so perfect. Oh, oh, and I didn't even do anything <laughs> to be perfect. <laughs> she, I mean, she has some trauma for being forced to do things by her father. Like I understood that, but like, who doesn't have a little trauma from being forced to do things they don't want to do? I mean, sure. Yeah. And not but... all of us are genetically perfect when we're being forced to do things we don't want to do. So, <laughs> boo-hoo, Miranda. <laughs> so, I, I didn't have that reaction to Miranda, but I, I, I there's just like, yeah, I didn't, like, I didn't find that, that character, like, I don't need to know more about that character. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, Ka- well, but, but Callie Zora. Yes. Yeah. Garrus was like my right hand man on all of the games. Like he was Garrus there is for dude. every mission. Yeah, he's he was cool, and he was what? What did they call him? The Dark Angel or Archangel. something like that? Archangel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that fits Garrus. Yeah, that fits him. Um, we still have to do that episode talking about that with Brian. And, and I know, and you just missed my whole bit about Miranda. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's been the big holdup for bickering buck stuff for it lately because his schedule. Supposedly. I get it. I I understand. <laughs> I I live the very busy schedule life. Yep. Um, and also, I guess uh, to the audience, if you're expecting a quiz, it's not happening until I move. So. Cause I, I don't want to have to sit here and think of questions. And then like, I've been, my days have been pretty busy up until like night. And then like, I still want a game. So I'm not going to do the questions <laughs> until, <laughs> until I'm in the new place. But, um, with the new place, I should have, uh, I should have a better setup and everything too, like a better desk and all of that. Cause I'm getting free furniture and getting a free, computer desk and stuff yeah so a lot of people are offering me free furniture when i'm moving it's been kind of weird including my uh, ex-wife's current husband who's been like oh you need some stuff here you go like oh cool (laughs) heck yeah um 
So, uh, yeah, I was that was it. I just had those three. Like the the romance thing doesn't come up often, but it does annoy me when it's very shallow. Like, yeah, because I feel like if the Sims can have a deeper romance than what you're giving me, then just don't give it to me. Right, right. Or, or if you're wanting me to invest game time into it, make it worth it. Like, yeah, I. Yeah, I think like marriage is in like in Skyrim has been purely for the who is the best vendor. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the best vendor to have in my house? So obviously it's the guy uh, who runs the alchemy shop in Windhelm. Mhm. Yeah, the white file vis- mission. That's who you want cuz he has the most gold cap and he can train you in alchemy and he has alchemy <laughs> supplies. And he's not the prettiest husband. He's, you know, he's a little little loose on the hair on top, but mm. it's a great utility choice. Also, because uh, I can't how- marry Brynjolf, so. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently I have uh, a type, again, another blonde dude in the <laughs> video game. <laughs> so I've never seen your husband. Is your husband blonde? No, my husband. <laughs> okay. My husband has dark hair. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, my uh, my the who I married in Skyrim was the you know, they they hand you that 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 uh, what is her, what is her name? Like the Yarl of Windhelm, like after the Lydia. first dragon, you married yeah. Lydia. Yes, I like literally the first person that was there. I was just like, let's just get this over with because like, I I don't think I've ever played a male in Skyrim, but if I did, I would probably marry Ayla the Huntress. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, for me, it was like, she's with me all the time on quests anyways. Why not? Right? Like. I have. See, I always make Lydia join the Blades. Hmm. So. Or not the blades, it's the dragonborn thing, whatever. Like, you have to pick yeah, three yeah. followers to have joined that. I always make Lydia do that. Got ya. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been that that one's been a long time, too. Um, I always pick three, three women, and I pick Lydia, and I pick the blonde woman who you have to fist fight in the bar to get her to join you. Yes. Yeah. And uh, there's a woman who will join you when you finish the, I think, like the Shrine of Mara mission. Or mm-hmm. Azura, one of those. Is it the, the dark one? Elf. Oh, okay. I was thinking there's the woman who the, what the what are they called? The Red Guard are looking for? Yes. Um, and she's in Whiterun. Yeah. The Ali Kier, I think, are looking for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But all of all of Skyrim marriage is just what's who's the best vendor? That's it. But I guess there's a mod that you can marry Brynjolf. So you haven't done that yet? <laughs> no, because I don't do mods because I don't like I don't like to disable my achievements. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't, 
I've modded a few games, but it, like most of the game I mod, and it isn't even really modding as much as just playing different uh, level packs as Doom. The like, only game I ever mod is The Sims. Yeah. And it's just like stuff like adding my own music so that when my Sim plays the jukebox, like it's not the Sim music, it's yeah. what I want to listen to. Sure. Yeah. I never played The Sims much at all. I never I never got into it. And I had some friends that were into it, and he would just like, one friend in particular, he would just make us, like us, group of friends, live in a house, a bunch of guys, and then he would just find ways to kill us and then laugh about it at school afterwards. Like, Oh, yeah, that's that's how you played The Sims 2 and The Sims 3. Um. <laughs> It's like, why Why do you want to kill us? We were all playing Diablo 2, I think, at the time, and he was playing The Sims. I'd do stuff like that, or, like, uh, just laugh about, like, how which Sims would randomly end up in relationships together. Ah, uh, okay. Now, like, with The Sims 4, you can have the world have, like, like 200 Sims in there. Wow, um, that's a lot. Yeah, so I like to, like, set up families of not people I know now, but, like, here's all the characters from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and look at look at what Frank is doing with the Disney princesses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, uh, so I made the mistake one time. Um, what is the name of that game? Pan really liked it. Um oh gosh i got to pull up my gog account and and look i know i have it oh stupid mount my mouse has been double clicking so i'm gonna find this but so i normally don't do the thing where you name real people after something but i did this for just 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 for shits and giggles one day i named like myself pan ace and a couple things a while back for a playthrough of and i'm still trying to find it one of the games that you can like name the people in and it was a hilarious like just uncomfortable experience for um like like if it was like because like what ended up happening is my character kept hitting on pan's character right and she kept turning him down so he got mad instead of building on fire and then i was trying to uh undo the uh the building like trying to fix the building fire with ace and then like because of something else like he's he's he like my character snapped he went outside and then he got struck by lightning and then that caused a fire for all the other buildings and everyone just died in a fire and i was just like what happened and she's like what game that's are why you talking about it sounds like you're talking about rim world or something it is rim world that is okay. what it's called <laughs> yeah i was playing rim world and yeah it was like i was trying to find it and i couldn't i've thought about i picture. thought about rim world a few times shit and i it... have it i don't have it installed do i because it appears in a different list if it's Installed. No, there it is. Okay, yeah. RimWorld. I got it. Oh, they changed the cover. That's why I didn't see it. But yeah, it was just... 
I thought it'd be funny to name like uh, a couple people from the podcast at the time on it, and it just ended up being this hilarious like crap show of like, well, what did Fortuan do wrong? Because <laughs> he messed it all up, and the community died. That's how um, I I started doing my first time I played XCOM. I had it like people I knew, but then I ended up changing it to like it was celebrities at the time. And I remember oh, that my sure. highest ranking officer or like soldier was John Cena. <laughs> nice. And I was devastated when Hulk Hogan died because he had like fully upgraded stuff. Like, oh, oh. That's see, that's a probably a better idea. So, so this this all started because I used we used to do that as kids all the time. Like we would name uh, each other's group of friends of different things. So one of the things. Uh, I was always uh, Barrett in Final Fantasy VII, so the black guy with the machine gun arm. In the early game, they always like made me Barrett, and they'd make fun of me like, "Yeah, uh, like you're always the token black guy, Jam." And I'm like, "Okay, sure, whatever," because I'm Native American, right? And then we got later on in the game, we figured figured out Nanaki was in the game, who's straight up like a Native American, uh, and you know, in the in the context of that world. And so they're like, I was like, no, that's me. That's what I'm naming. That That's me. So I'm not naming myself Barrett. You you guys can screw off. And my friend Eric, who did this all the time, he was always Cloud because he was blonde like Cloud. So, you know, it was just, it was funny. We were talking about, so instead of saying like Cloud or Barrett or Vincent or something, we were talking about Final Fantasy Seven. we literally just say, oh yeah, so Mike, we got Mike this weapon and he would do <laughs> It's like this, this, and this, and and uh, yeah, like Heath, he we, we didn't like he we didn't level him up any. Like it was just uh, something we did as middle schoolers. So I kind of like, eh, why not do it again for Rimworld? And it turned out to be a hilarious disaster. Um, so it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of awkward talking about Fortwan hitting on Pan. Yeah, okay. And Steve's right there in the game too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I but I don't play those kind of games too often. It was just fun. Um, so I don't really have anything else to say tonight. Um, I think if we can get Ace, I think he's here next week. I think we're gonna do uh, the next round of the Monster Hunter guessing game uh, if we can. Um, if we can get who I was talking to about coming on, uh, as a guest, we might put that on hold because he was the person we were originally doing that with that started that idea. Cause he didn't know monster hunter monsters that well. Um, so don't know if we did do like a turn taking thing or just sort of put it on hold. I don't know. We, we still have some monsters to go. We could do a list. variation of the game right like okay. make it almost for points if ace is the only one guessing we could make it almost like password or you know hundred thousand dollar pyramid like who can get him to guess it the fastest okay all right okay i am looking now yeah literally the last thing i sent to you on discord is the last monster so we're good mm-hmm. okay it was like because eh, we most of the time we end up talking, it's just on the Discord Facebook. channel, not directly. Yeah. Or, or Facebook, yeah. So, okay. 
uh i guess that's it for tonight uh thank you guys for watching and tuning in and um we'll we'll catch you next week with uh with some monster Hunter stuff later